Hello and welcome back into Dodge into the Ravine. It is your host, Young Stud, accompanied today by my co-host and Jacob. Today is Friday, January 26, 2024. Spring training is upon us and the one-year anniversary of Dodge into the Ravine is upon us. <coughs> oh, excuse me for that. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing? And yes, we are, I believe, about a month or two away from spring training. And congratulations to us on one year of dodging. This has been pretty fun. Always being ready to talk about dodging baseball. You know, all the updates, free agency. I've had a fun offseason with this. Yeah, and so have the uh, supporters of the podcast. They've had a really fun offseason. Supporting us, the numbers are just booming through the roof. I know you guys all want your Dodger fix, as we do. I was in the same position once upon a time before I started creating a, a podcast and, and Dodgers and, and all that. I wanted my Dodger fix, too, even in the dog days of the offseason, like January. So really much appreciated, and I look forward to seeing you all back here and continue supporting us throughout the regular season. It's going to be a fun one. Thank you for all the support, guys. Truly means it. Truly means a lot. So the Dodgers did make some moves this week. Got some Dodger news to talk about. Uh, We're going to lead off today with James Paxton. James Paxton was the guy that the Dodgers did sign this week. James Paxton, a left-handed pitcher, a big league veteran, been around the league for quite a while with – the Mariners, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. So, James Paxson joining the Dodgers on a one-year, $11 million deal. What are your initial reaction to James Paxson joining the Dodgers? The Dodgers needed some left-handed help when it came to pitching. And came to look at that free agency, who was out there. James Paxton, like you said earlier, he's a veteran arm. He's got some experience on him. It's uh, it's one of those, like you said it beforehand too, one of those yearly Dodger projects that we got going on. So I would expect him to have a pretty nice season. Yeah, we did, we did talk about a little bit. Uh, the annual Dodger reclamation project, I mean, we see it every single year. I mean, the list goes on. Last year was Noah Syndergaard. He didn't work out the year before that. Tyler Anderson, he did work out. So, um, Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney was a guy, yep. Uh, ton of guys, ton of guys. Um, and James Paxton could be one of those guys again, and he will be one of those guys again, as he is a, a guy that has been off of Tommy John recently over the last couple of years. So the Dodgers try to fix him. And, and now, like, when a fully healthy rotation, as it stands, they have six-man rotation possible. And so uh, James Paxton for one year and 11 million, you really, you can't go wrong. I've seen some people, you know, kind of bat an eye on that and say, well, James Paxton, he's not good. And you could have got a cheaper option, but I mean, it's, it's $11 million. Like at the Dodgers will be okay. Um, you know, if he's bad, they'll do the Sydney guard route and just cut him midway through the year. I, I think it's fine. Overall, when I first saw the news, I was pretty happy about it, and I'm still pretty happy about it today. Yeah, 
it's overall a good pickup. I would, I don't remember how much we paid Noah Syndergaard, but I mean, if Paxton does half better than what Syndergaard did for us, then this eleven ten million isn't going to be of any issue. Yeah, I believe Syndergaard was around the same range. Could be I think wrong. He was, yeah. I think he was thirteen million, if I'm not wrong. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with a sign like this. One year, there's really no bad one-year deals, if I'm going to be honest. So, if you're a Dodger fan, uh, I'm not saying, you know, run laps around your neighborhood for James Paxton, but uh, you can never have too much pitching for any ball club. I mean, there's guys that are going to be injured throughout the year, and you need pitching depth. So, James Paxton, as a back-end guy, I don't mind it at all. And like I mentioned, would you be open to seeing a six-man rotation if all guys are are healthy during the year? I'd be totally open to seeing that. The the young guys we have, the guys who are getting back from the IL, you know, new additions. Let's see what the the whole rotation can do. And you know, this eliminates you know the bullpen potentially starting a game, and I'm a hundred percent okay with that. You know, if there's a there's an option where a bullpen guy doesn't have to start the game. I'm I'm going with that 100% of the time. Yeah, you make a great point. I mean, I'd rather see six-man rotation than a four-man and a bullpen guy, right? Bullpen game. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Dodgers at some point or another, <coughs> you should get used to seeing six-man rotation because you have a guy named Shohei Otani who's going to pitch next year and beyond. And he requires a six-man rotation. So, um, if not this year, definitely next year. But uh, I think we will see some variation of a six-man rotation in 2024. And um, looking at the looking at the rotation, I mean, what's not to like about it? I mean, besides the fact that there is five right-handed pitchers, does that really bother you? That there's five righties, and then just to throw in James Paxson, does that bother you a little bit? Not really, no. I mean, having a diverse starting rotation, you know, three lefties, two righties, three righties, two lefties, it's definitely nice. I don't necessarily think it makes the biggest difference. So, you know, first five guys are right, and then Paxton, I don't see no issue with that. Yeah, and uh, when they are as star-studded as the Dodgers rotation is with the Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bobby Miller, Walker, and Emma Sheehan, like, there's really no wrong answer there. So um, the Dodgers really got it going on with the rotation, and um, I, I don't think you should worry about the rotation at all going into next year. Um, like I said, I think that the Dodgers rotation is going to be pretty good go into 2024 and one of the best, if not the best, in all of baseball. It definitely should be. The Dodgers still have Tony Gonsolin on the IL as well, who is a starting pitcher. I can honestly see him coming back, maybe getting a nice bullpen spot. And, you know, just to name the rotation as of, like, the next two seasons. So you got Yamamoto, Tyler Glasnow, Walker Buehler, Shohei Otani, Potentially, so let's go Emmett Sheehan because we know he's healthy. And then you got James Paxton. And then you still have Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, 
and an unsigned Clayton Kershaw. So that's nine starting pitchers that the Dodgers could potentially have. There's going to be a lot of arms that we have. Most definitely, but uh, I should mention that Walker Buehler is a free, uh, free agent um, after the season. I think the Dodgers bring back the Bulldog. Uh, I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, it's very early on. Um, I would love to see Walker Buehler back. He's one of my favorite players. But you know how the Dodgers work. They don't really resign players, so... Um, we'll see. I hope he does come back, but you really just don't know at this point. We shall see, yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that as the season progresses and how Walker Buehler does respond. I, I think he'll be good. Obviously, we're expecting him to be with the Walker Buehler of the past, so I'm looking forward to seeing Butane back on the mound at some point with the Dodgers. And um, I, I mean, the word around town is he's not going to be ready for opening day, so... James Paxton, as of right now, is going to be your fifth starter for opening day. So, you know, we'll see how long Walker Buehler takes. But uh, even without him, I think James Paxton and Mitch Sheehan at the back end of the rotation isn't too shabby. So uh, the Dodgers are in a good spot with pitching. Yeah. Emma Sheehan, just pretty immaculate last season. I like him at the end of the rotation. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what Sheehan can do this year. Um, segueing into another topic and the uh, Dodger news that came up this week, Adrian Beltre, ex-Dodger, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't expect Adrian Beltre to be wearing a Dodger cap going into the Hall, but uh, he did spend seven seasons in L.A. He came up as a Dodger, and uh, he would eventually leave in free agency. But uh, Adrian Beltre, you know what? I knew him better with the Rangers because I'm going to be honest, I was very small when he was with the Dodgers. But, uh, yeah, um, better known for the Rangers with me. And uh, to me, that's where he kind of made his living. I mean, you, you go look at his baseball reference page and his numbers just took off when he went to Texas. And uh, he was one of the best third basemen in baseball. Yeah, he pretty much said it. Don't really remember him too well from the Dodgers, us being a little too young. And I do remember him and Ron Washington being on that Texas Rangers team. And, you know, the, I know the fans loved him there. I know he played great ball for that Rangers team. So big congratulations to him. Yep. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. Adrian Beltre is a Hall of Famer. Joe Maurer and Ty Houghton were also Hall of Famers. Do you have any problem with those guys in the Hall? Man, I've, I've read a lot of comments, you know, a lot of people think like Gary Sheffield, Barry, Billy Wagner should have went in. I don't disagree with these guys, but like the guys who got in, you know, Beltre, Maurer, Todd Houghton, you know, I, I think they were pretty deserving of it. So I, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, of course, the Hall of Fame sparks a lot of controversy. And uh, Adrian Beltre is a Hall of Famer. Um, people are saying, well, we shouldn't be first ballot. Okay. Um Fine. Joe Maurer, people saying, yeah, he should be a Hall of Famer. No, he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. To me, Joe Maurer was a great, great player. <laughs> I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I remember Joe Maurer from being on the cover of like 10 of the shows growing up because he was always on the cover. He was on a lot, yeah. And, um, 
Todd Houghton, the Colorado Rocky. Todd Houghton, you know what? I saw Todd Houghton at the end of his career with the Colorado Rockies, and uh, I see a lot of very Hall of Good for Todd Houghton. Um, to me, overall, I think both are deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but I see the argument for Sheffield. I was kind of rooting for Sheffield to get in it. Uh, Billy Wagner next year, so last year of eligibility, so we'll see if he gets in. But uh, yeah, the Hall of Fame always sparks a lot of controversy. But uh, Adrian Belcher most definitely is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, when it comes to Todd, Halt- Todd Helton, I was seeing a lot of comments to uh, look at his stats outside of Colorado. And they're just saying, oh, you know, Colorado made him, you know, I Hall of. I don't believe that stat, man. That that I hate. I mean, not hate, but the people who say that, man, it's just so tiring. Like, oh, check Coors Field outside Coors Field with any Colorado Rocky player. It's just like, why? Mm, I mean, take a look at DJ LeMahieu and Trevor's story. I mean, Arenado. Nolan, Arenado. I would say he's the exception, Arenado. I just uh, – I don't like that for any Rockies player. Like, oh, well, he plays at Cobras Field, so his numbers are inflated. Like, just stop. Just please stop. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, I get your understanding on that. I think some people are just because it's a, a hitter's ballpark, so, you know, obviously he was a home run hitter, power hitting slugger. So that probably took into account on some people's opinions. I thought it was – I was like 50-50 on it. I understood it. I didn't really care, you know. You hit over 400 home runs, whatever Todd Helton did, you know, that's that's Hall of Fame. That's Hall of Fame to me. And when it came to the Joe Maurer, his Hall of Fame, I, I liked it. You know, I think if uh, Joe Maurer, you know, there's not really too many uh, great catchers nowadays. You know, there, there's very good catchers, you know, JT, Will Smith, you know, but, but guys like Buster Posey and Joe Maurer. Those are catchers that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, Buster will. So that's just a little comparison I got. Yeah, catcher is a premier position, and uh, Joe Maurer was definitely at the top of his game for the catcher position. So that sparks the conversation. Which Dodger will be the Hall of Fame next? This could be a guy that played for the Dodgers or will go into the Hall as a Dodger. I think we all know the obvious one, but besides the obvious one, do you have anybody in mind that you would like to make a case for the Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know, I would like to make a case for the Dodgers' all-time saver, save closer, Kenley Jensen. You know, he's up there with Craig Kimbrell, over 400 saves in his career. You know, if Craig Kimbrell's going to be in the conversation of Hall of Fame, then I believe Craig, I mean, I believe Kenley Jensen should as well. Well, I mean, technically they would both count because remember Kimberly was a Dodger, so uh, obviously he won't go in as a Dodger, but. You are right. Yeah, Craig Kimball was a Dodger, and I did get a ball from him. So, um, yeah, Kimbrough absolutely, I mean, has a pretty compelling case, and I like the one you mentioned, Kenley Jensen. I don't know if he applies under the radar, but uh, I think he definitely deserves a little bit more praise than he should get. Um, I mean, is it a hot take to think that his number should be retired by the Dodgers once all said and done? I mean, I think it should. 
Yeah, I mean, he's your all-time saves closer. You 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 got to do something for him. You can't just you know let him retire and you know not thank him, not give him something at the stadium. Yeah, so um, Kenley Jensen deserves some flowers. I think uh, you know fans kind of got ruthless on him, but he wasn't even that bad. I mean, I understand he went through ups and downs, but Kenley Jensen, all-time Dodgers saves leader, he's one of the best of all time in MLB closing history. I think he has a good – he's going to be in the conversation for sure. Will he get into the Hall of Fame? I don't know, but he'll definitely get some votes and he'll be talked about a lot. So I look forward to seeing what he does get uh, as far as the votes go. And another couple of Dodgers I would like to add as well. Some pretty obvious ones, but uh, Mr. Pujols and Mr. Silver Fox, Chase Utley. I don't know if – I've seen Chase Utley on the ballot a couple times. I don't know if, if he has a few more years left, but we all know Pujols will get in eventually. And I was a fan of Chase Utley when he was on the Phillies. You know, obviously, when the Dodgers got him, I liked him even more. So I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing a little case for him. Yeah, the ex-Phillies and the ex-Dodgers, uh, Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins, um, on the ballot, got some votes. Didn't obviously get the Hall of Fame votes anywhere near it, but they got votes. Chase Utley nearly doubled the votes as Jimmy Rollins did. Um, yeah, you know, I was growing up and I thought, man, those those guys, the Phillies, Utley, Rollins, like the whole squad, they were really, really good players and they had really good careers. <laughs> Is Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins Hall of Famer? I think you can. I, I sadly think Chase Utley is not, but I do think Jimmy Rollins could potentially. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, he has a lot more years left. Both of them do. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really do I'm on the fence with them. And it's like with the Hall of Fame, I feel like it should be no doubt. Or is it just me? All of the guys who get inducted in should be like no doubt. And with the way it is with the year thing, like there should be no expiration date. There's, there's too many great players out there for them all not to be introduced in. Yeah, I, I just – yeah, the Hall of Fame could use some tweaking, but um, you think about Hall of Fame, like it should be off the bat. Is he all Hall of Famer or not? Kershaw, yes. Paul Goldschmidt, yes. Arenado, yes. Mike Trout, yes. Uh, like, Paul Goldschmidt, yes? Yeah, absolutely Hall of Famer. Paul Goldschmidt. 100%. Where, where did that come from? He's a Hall of Famer. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Paul uh, Goldschmidt, I guarantee you 10 bucks will not be a Hall of Famer. Hey, I mean, you, could, you really want to do this? So what, 10 bucks bet for my In-N-Out burger? 10 bucks. I guarantee you Paul Goldschmidt will be a Hall of Famer at some point. Here on the podcast, you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. Ten bucks, Paul Goldschmidt will not be a Hall of Famer. I mean, the fans should chime in. Uh, go on my YouTube, go on my Twitter, same as my YouTube. Is Paul Goldschmidt a Hall of Famer? I think he, no doubt in my mind, is, as is Freddie Freeman. He's right up there with Freddie Freeman. So you're saying Freddie Freeman's not a Hall of Famer? I think Freddie Freeman exceeds Paul Goldschmidt in so many ways. I don't even know why you would compare them. Because they came up at the same time and they have nearly identical numbers. 
Yeah, I, I, I'd pay Freddie Freeman $200 over Goldschmidt's 130 that the Cardinals gave him. Um, Paul Goldschmidt does have the most career active home runs against the Dodgers, by the way. So just get out there. He was a Diamondback a good majority of his career. So uh, he's done damage. And uh, like I said, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. But, uh, but interesting that, take. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Like I, I mean, look at the Hall of Fame talk. It's just bashing, right? So it's a, it's a sensitive topic, but uh, Adrian Belcher, Hall of Famer. Moving along to uh, the next little topic here, I do want to touch on Jock Peterson, old friend, fine errors in our Diamondbacks. So Jock uh, is, oh no, quite a bit. Chicago, Atlanta, San Francisco. Now, Phoenix with the Diamondbacks. Um, what do you think about that move for Chalk and the Diamondbacks? Are they uh, scaring you a little bit? You know, I was actually reading up on that Jock Peterson signing and some stats for the Diamondbacks last season. When it came to their left-handed hitters and their left-handed power, they were like 25th to 30th out of all the teams. So they needed some left-handed uh, help a lot and when it came to exit velocity uh, Jock Peterson was like sixth in the league still so obviously they see the you know that right field they got and Jock Peterson's pop swing that Jock pop that he has that all Dodger fans you know brave fans love and know so I, I think it's definitely a good move for the, the Diamondbacks they definitely reinforced their team during this offseason they uh, re-signed Gurriel Jr. Uh, they traded for Suarez from the Reds or the, the Mariners and Jock to the D-backs. So I, I don't think uh, Tommy Pham will be back. I think his time as a D-back has ended. <laughs> yeah, overall, I, I like it for the Diamondbacks. I, I wanted Jock early in the offseason. We were talking about guys that we would like to see. And Jock was one of them. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers did end up getting a outfielder, not Jock. It was Teoscar Hernandez, so I'm happy about it as well. So, yeah, Jock uh, going to Arizona. I think that D-backs team is kind of being slept on in a way, a little bit slept on because the Dodgers are garnering all the talk, rightfully so. But uh, I think the Dodgers do win the NL West. We'll get into our predictions a little bit later on in the offseason. Yeah, I, I just think the Diamondbacks are definitely not to be messed with, and uh, they could definitely challenge the Dodgers in a you know short game series next year. So. Um, yeah, Jock's one-year deal came with a mutual option, so he could be there potentially for the next two seasons. And he's very familiar with that field. It's not like he hasn't played there before, so he could uh, definitely hit another you know, 20, 25 home runs for them. Yeah, so that D-backs team is looking good again. Um, definitely do not take them lightly because they will beat you. So the D-backs are going to be a force to be reckoned with again this year. The Dodgers are going to have some competition in the National League West, so before we kind of end this little topic, would you say the D-backs are the best threat for the Dodgers, the biggest threat? I'm going to say the D-backs are still the biggest threat. My prediction for the NL West is going to be Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Giants, Padres, and then the Rockies. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, 
I don't have the Padres below the Giants, but I think the D-backs are the biggest threat. I'll have to take a look over as we get closer, but I saw the Diamondbacks team, and they look pretty good. So I think uh, they kind of are the biggest threat. But again, like I, I would be shocked if it's a close race at all. I'm going to be honest. If it's pretty close, I'm going to be shocked as well, too, to somehow star-studded we've got in the offseason. But, you know, it's it's also not safe to uh, sleep on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I mean, I expect this Dodger team to win, like, 108 games or something like 109. Like, they're going to win a lot of games. You think we see something again, like, a couple seasons ago? Like, 108, 104, <laughs> whatever we got? 111, uh, 22. Yeah, one eleven. I think we're gonna get up there again. So, okay. Now I'm gonna say you said one hundred and eight. Yeah, preliminary. Just I think we're gonna win easily over one hundred five games. Right what up. would your exact number be? We had to give one. Uh, probably like one hundred nine. One hundred and nine wins. Okay, I'm gonna say one hundred and eight. Yeah, so at, at that rate, like, nobody should challenge the Dodgers. Let's just be honest. Like, no. Yeah, at that rate, you know, the Dodgers are pretty much going to be taking the whole division. So uh, we shall see. But to the Diamondbacks, Dodgers will have competition in the National League West. Mookie Betts went on pod with AM570LA. And uh, basically was asked by David Vasse and co and uh, talk, talking about the league and the fans and the just outrage by everybody and the saltiness and the jealousness that the Dodgers are signing everybody. And and I'll, I'll ask you with this. Do you believe in super teams in baseball? Super teams in baseball. Do Okay, so do I believe in them? Yes, do they always work? No. 2019 Nationals, perfect example of a team. You know, obviously they had, you know, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper. No, I'm sorry, they didn't have Bryce Harper anymore. Trey Turner, Rendon, Strasburg, Scherzer. And that team did it. They won it all. And then you had the Mets just recently with Verlander, Scherzer, you know, Lindor. They didn't get anything done. So I think it really comes down to uh, the clubhouse and those star-studded teams. You know, what guy's going to, you know, like take charge. And then it's, I think it all depends on that clubhouse. Yeah, I I mean, I don't believe in super teams. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, there's no such thing as super teams in baseball. There's just not. Yeah. There's just, there's, there's too many guys involved for it to, just to be a super team. Because your, your bullpen is not going to be a, a star-studded lineup of Aroldis Chapman, Classe, Leclerc, Kenley Jensen. Bullpens just don't work like that. Yeah, there, there's no such thing as super teams. And I was talking to uh, a couple of buddies of mine, and uh, they're, they're kind of casuals with baseball. And, and they're just like, oh, the Dodgers have a super team. I'm like, no, they don't. There's no such thing as super team. I don't care about the top three in the lineup. The top three in the lineup are not playing every single minute of the game. Right? They're not pitching. 
Um, so there, there's just no such thing as super team in baseball. I stand by that. And maybe people have a different opinion, but I don't think that's just the right opinion. Um, but I mean, opinions are opinions. But to me, super teams don't exist. And so uh, everybody getting mad about the Dodgers, like everybody can sign anybody any given time. But the point is the Dodgers are just choosing or the players are choosing the Dodgers. What was that? They want to play for the city of champions. You can't blame them for wanting to come here. You got you got guys like JD who came here on a one year deal when he had multi year deals available. He wanted to play for the Dodgers. Noah Syndergaard, even though his time here was not too good, he wanted to play for the Dodgers. You just you got a lot of guys out there who just they would they want to come here for one year just to play for the Dodgers. And you know how are you gonna blame them? Our clubhouse, our ownership, our fans. You know it's just it's a great city to play baseball in. Yeah, and you mentioned Noah Syndergaard. I think he had offers for like multi-year deals with other. Yeah, yeah. Him and JD, they both had a uh, multi-year deals. I don't know if Tyler Ander Tyler Anderson. I don't know if uh Tay Oscar Hernandez did or not. But I mean, even if he did, you know, the Dodgers still gave him a nice one-year paycheck. So there you go. Like that should just be the point right there. Players have other options, multi-year deals, and they would still choose one year with the Dodgers. Think about that. Yeah, like JD Martinez is literally the perfect example. One year, ten million dollars. No, it's I'm I'm a I'm gonna go ahead and say it's safe to say that JD had at least two to three year contracts available for him. His agent is Scott Boris. Yeah, I think that's um, pretty safe to say. Yeah, like Scott Boris definitely got JD Martinez two to three year offers, and you know he came to the Dodgers. He slugged. He played with Mookie. And he had a good time. Sadly, the you know, postseason didn't work out. That's what you want to see as fans. But, you know, when you look at the clubhouse and, you know, these one-year deals, th- the players like L.A. They like the Dodgers. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with the city of Los Angeles and the players choosing the Dodgers. Um, before we move on to fair or foul, Today is January 26th, the four-year anniversary of Kobe's unfortunate passing. Um, where were you on when you heard the news? Where was I on January 26th, 2021? 2020. 2020. Oh, man. Um, man, I, I, I'm going to say I was... I don't think school had uh, end, ended yet. I think senior year was still uh, in session at the high school. So I think I was still just going to school those days, and then everybody at school was talking about it. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, because January of 2020, you know, COVID started around, like, March, April. That's when school ended. Yeah, I was still in school at that time. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was... It was a Sunday. I was pretty sure I was asleep. Uh, and then I got a call. And, uh, yeah, I turned on the news, and it was just everywhere. So pretty uh, pretty unfortunate stuff. But on a high note, what is or what was your favorite Kobe memory? Mamba out. His last game. Mamba out. No yep. better way to send it off like that. It was a, uh, 
it was an emotional, it was a dramatical ending to a career. And uh, he did it the Kobe way, man. It's just, just mic drop. Get the hell out of here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That was a legendary night for sure. My favorite Kobe memory, I mean, there's a lot of shoes from. Uh, I was in attendance for game four of the 2018 World Series, and he was there, and uh, he was meeting the players. He announced the lineups. Um, so it was cool. That Puig photo, right, home run, yeah, I was at that game. <laughs> Off of the one and only Eduardo Rodriguez. <laughs> right. Um so that that was pretty cool. And then uh my first ever Laker game, I was on the court, like warming up. He was right there. So and that game he had a, a buzzer beater. Honestly, like there's so many I could choose from, but sure, I'll go with my first ever game. He had a buzzer beater for my first ever game. I was on the court and everything. So You yeah. ran on the court? Uh yeah. I was like taking pictures of the players. And uh, I took a picture at center court and all that. So, damn, you were you were allowed to run on the court back then? Yeah, they they were called the uh, Kodak kids. So, oh, you were one of them. Yeah, oh, that's pretty sick, dude. Yeah, that was my first ever Laker game, uh, March of 2010, against the Raptors. So, um, that'd have to be my favorite memory. Because why not? Sure. But, so. Yeah, I've uh, I've never I've never been to a Laker game, so I've, I've never saw Kobe play. Still haven't seen LeBron play. Have been to a Clipper game. <laughs> yeah, uh, who hasn't been to a Clipper game? But uh, at Lakers, I haven't been to a Laker game in, since LeBron even came here. <laughs> so it's been a long time. Expensive. Um, but yeah, today the four year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. Um, rated fair or foul? Let's hit it. Fair or foul? Nike shoes are too cheap for the price. Foul. For the, uh, for what goes into the, the labor and the production of the shoe, I definitely think that, you know, Nike shoes and just basketball shoes in general are overpriced. My view on shoes has definitely changed as I've gotten older. You know, when I was younger, my dad would always buy me, like, the flashy basketball shoes. They were nice. I liked wearing them. But, you know, nowadays, you know, I, I can't go wrong with a, a, nice comfortable, a nice comfortable pair of New Balances. Like, those are just – I love that brand of shoe. So you're a simple man now is what you're saying. Yeah, like, I still have, like, my flashy Jordans. Like, I got my Jordans that I, like, play basketball in. You know, I have, like, a shoe for the occasion. But when it comes to, like, owning, like, multiple, like, fancy, just, you know, Jordan X Air or whatever, like, I'm just, you know, like, I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go buy a nice pair of cross treks. That way I could go running in the hills. Like, I'm good on that. Yeah, um, I'm going to go foul on that, too, because – well, I talk a lot of crap about Nike and the jerseys they make. They are the worst company in the world when it comes to jersey manufacturing. They could just go they are, dude. far away from that. But the shoes, like they're they're good in the shoe game. But that's what they're known for, right? So stick to shoes. Please don't stick to jerseys. Unfortunately, they're not going anywhere. But yeah, uh, I think the shoes are fine. 
the, my my Air Forces that I have, you know, the red ones. I got those in 2018, and they still today are alive and well. They're obviously beat up. They still work. Yeah, I don't. So, damn, 2018, 2024. That's a long time for a pair of shoes. I don't know if you've ever seen me in my my Kyrie's. If you have before, my Nike Kyrie's. I have to see him. Oh, okay, pretty much, dude. Like I used to when I used to go to the YMCA in high school to play basketball. Like I'd be wearing those shoes, and you know I still wear them here and there whenever I go to the park or something. It's like I would say the durability of Nike is really good. I just you know there's there's other things I don't like about them. Yeah, right on, spot on. Fair or foul, Apple is overrated. Apple is overrated. Weesh. I have never owned an Apple product before. So is it overrated or is it not? You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, fair on this. You know, uh, Apple's overrated to me. You know, I always see everyone talking about, oh, look at my iPhone, look at my my new iPhone 15, 11 X Delta C, whatever. And it's like, cool. Like what does it do that your old phone didn't do? And like most of the time people can't answer that because they just, they want that new flashiness. They want that new, Oh, Hey, look what I got. And I'm like, you know, I, I get it. People like a nice camera, but you don't need to go spending a thousand dollars on a, you know, overpriced iPhone or even an overpriced Samsung phone to get a nice camera. So I would just, you know, if I get access to my email, if I got a nice camera, you know, family stuff going out, I'm, I'm pretty basic when it comes to phones. So I'm, I'm going to say fair. Apple is overrated. Well, if you don't know, you get two points from having an iPhone. So. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I'm going to go foul. I'm not going to say it's uh, overrated. Like, I've had both pairs of phones over the years. I've had equally iPhone and Samsung products. Now, I haven't had any of the brand new like high-end Samsung products about the cheap ones, but they do what they do. I, I think Apple is better with the emoji game, but uh, yeah. I, I, I would agree on that. Yeah. I, I look at the Samsung emojis and I just cringe. Just like, man, this sucks. You know? It's just like, wow. Yeah, our emojis are definitely just like I don't know, they're just they're just not like quality emojis, you could say. Like the quality of them are just low. Yeah. So uh anyways, I'm gonna go foul. I don't think Apple's overrated. I think I think they do. Whenever I've like used a, a friend's like phone in the car to like a like switch the song. Like, I've always, like, I've never understood the Apple home screen. Like, there's no buttons on it. It's all just swipe. Like, that's what my phone is, too. But, like, you know, I like seeing, like, the actual, like, the back button, like, the where, you know, I can go and close all my apps. Like, I know you could do that on iPhone. You just, you know, you swipe up, hit close all. But, like, I like seeing the actual, like, button there. So, I just, I've never been a fan of, like, their home format. Oh, yeah, it could get confusing. Like, I remember I was confused. Like, how do you do anything? But yeah. Really and then, like, and then even the email part, too, like, Apple Mail, like, I don't even know if you could have, like, Gmail on there. Like, 
I remember a few friends doing it, and they were like, they said they had to like pay for just to have an email. And I was like, what? Like, like you could just, I, I don't know. I, like I said, never understood Apple. Yeah, totally fair game. Lastly, fair or foul? Taco Bell is the best fast food. Foul. Taco Bell? I mean, you, you got In N Out, you got Canes, you got Chick fil A, like, you got you got Wendy's. Like, I, don't, I know a lot of people don't like Wendy's, but I mean, you know, you, hey, Jacob, you want Taco Bell or Wendy's? Hey, let's go to Wendy's. Like, I'm a fan of Taco Bell, but I wouldn't say it's the best out there. 100% foul. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. There, there's a lot to choose from. Um, but you know, all in all, like Taco Bell used to be like bottom of the barrel, but now it's like fine dining when it comes to fast food. Like Taco Bell is at the top of the game now. Like they have a lot of options. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fair. I'm not saying it's my favorite or it's the best, but like, wow, it's definitely a top tier option. You have not been to any of the Taco Bells in Whittier, have you? I mean, a long time ago when I... Yeah, you, 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 you would not be saying that if you had resided here still. <laughs> Why? D- dude, just like... Just like... I would rather go to Del Taco than Taco Bell. What, if you want to say... You... Um, the one on Whittier right before the 605? On uh, off of Norwalk? Yes. That little, the little, the like little, uh, it's like around the corner, right? The park? Yeah, next to the gas station. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the worst one to go to. <laughs> it's, it's like the only one in Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I think Taco Bell is fun. I mean, you just gotta give it a shot. Oh, I, I eat it. I like their tacos. I just, I would never say it's the best fast food chain ever out there. Like, you, you, you just said that Taco Bell is better than In N Out. I, I would not have Taco Bell over In N Out. I you, would have. That's what you just said. You just said it's the best fast food chain out there. I would have it over, um, what was it? A McDonald's. Okay, so you would say that In-N-Out is a better fast food chain than Taco Bell? Yeah. Okay, so your answer is foul then? Not necessarily. I just say, like, it's a top-tier option. Like, there's a thousand mm. like, options. Taco Bell is a <coughs> fine dining for fast food. Okay. I've never, ever heard of Taco Bell being a fine dining place. Never in my life. Fast food terms, yes. Canes is like a fine dining. Chick-fil-A is like a fine dining fast food. Taco Bell is not. Uh, that's completely fair if you have that opinion, but uh, like I'd rather have Taco Bell over Burger King. You know. So. Mm, some days. Anything else you want to wrap up on this podcast? That is it for me. Alrighty. Thank you guys for listening on into Dodge and Dittervine for yet another week. We're ever so close to baseball getting played and into the swing of things in spring training before the Dodgers head to Arizona and Glendale. With that being said, we'll talk to you guys again next Friday on Dodge and Dittervine.
Go Dodgers. Thank you, everybody, all new viewers and current. We appreciate your support. If you go ahead and hit that like, follow, all that good stuff for us, we'd really appreciate it. Wherever you are, have a safe one, have a healthy one, and lastly, go Dodgers.